Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today um, I have an amazing guest. His name is Felix Honeywogs. Uh, he is uh, the chief executive officer of Exchange Monster, and he's coming to us live from the World Economic Forum in Davos. Uh, Felix, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I wish I were where you are right now. Um, it's a, I've always wanted to go. Um, so, Look, it's the World Economic Forum for the first time in summer. Uh, as you may remember, it used to be in winter, uh, full of ice and uh, a lot of broken bones. And the, it's an absolutely exciting uh, atmosphere for crypto here. Crypto has uh, found its way onto the onto the main stage and is more or less dominating the discussion here on the on the main road there's sort of a a, a roadie that they call the the promenade and the promenade is uh, riddled with different crypto products uh, polkadot is here um polygon has got a huge um offering um, a whole variety of the exchanges um circle ftx you know it um and uh it's it's just exciting to be in crypto and at world economic forum Awesome, awesome. So, first question for you is this: um, What is your background, and is it a logical background for what you're doing now? Yeah, it is. So, um, I've been in software development for my uh, entire career. I worked in, um, of course, you know, for some of the big uh, software companies. I worked for Microsoft. I worked for SAP. Uh, and some others, and uh, I've been a huge proponent of open source software for as long as I can uh, remember. And um, 2016, I said to myself, I took what I call my Porsche money, uh, which is essentially uh, the money I've saved from bonuses and whatever over the years, and um, I wanted to do something meaningful in, in, in software, and crypto was coming up, and I didn't quite know what the uh, product market fit was uh, gonna be, if we ever find a use case or whatever, but I just, you know, put all eggs in one basket, dived right in and it kind of worked out. Awesome. So right now you're working on a company called Exchange Monster, which sounds pretty yeah. cool. Um, so what is that all about? And what makes you different from other gaming platforms? Essentially, I mean, it's like maybe a short story. I mean, it's like I've got, uh, you know, I've got some, I've got some young kids that are no longer young, they're teenagers, and they're fascinated by uh, gaming. They're huge gamers. They're both on esports teams, and I've just been watching it for um, a whole, a, a whole while. And you know, some of their friends have become weirdly successful in. Um, uh, with their teams and as individuals and have now content creators and you know us and all of a sudden every week it's some kid uh, um, of 17 becomes a millionaire and doesn't even do that for, 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 for a living and I just find it interesting that some of these um, gaming providers actually don't have an economic model but, um, but, but are dealing every day in virtual currency and that kind of became the, um, the use case 
of approaching gaming studios and um, working with them to create um, in-game currency that has got real economic value, but also creating the fiat in, fiat out, on-ramp, off-ramp capabilities through our wallet. Um, so that if you need to pay uh, rent and if you need to pay, you know, real life expenses, then um, that's also possible. And that's essentially what we did on a regulated platform. We're based in Zug in um, the beautiful uh, Crypto Valley in Switzerland. And uh, we create that now with uh, this in-game currency with our partners in uh, the gaming studios and others. And we list it on our exchange. And then we've got a whole variety of different mechanisms to drive that with our wallet and that wallet is then of course um, integrated into an NFT marketplace where um, in-game collectibles and um, a whole variety of different um, digital assets can be um, can be stored, traded and all of the good things. So um, what are what would what are some of the current challenges facing the global gaming industry because I know that the uh, landscape has been shifting tremendously. How, and, and how can tokenized games help to solve some of these challenges? Well, I think, you know, fundamentally, there's, there, there, there are two different aspects here. Um, we've, got a, we've, we've got a target audience that is uh, between 14, uh, broadly speaking, sometimes younger, actually, uh, and 37 that is completely used to dealing in virtual currency. So 27% of, um, of, of the audience is, uh, is not just open, but has been using virtual currencies in one way or another for, the, uh, for, for, for a while. And we use that sort of impetus to say just like, but then let it have an economic, uh, let it have an economic value. And that transition is happening actually at the moment where um, metaverse games, um, are coming up and um, new and interesting Web3 business models are being applied to um, uh, to gaming. And I think, you know, that's kind of um, the challenges that we are overcoming now. The biggest one of them being, how do you actually monetize? You've invested in the game, let us help you monetize it. And that's essentially what we do. You mentioned metaverse. And like I said earlier, I've, I would love to be a fly on the wall in Davos, right? Um, what challenges do you see with the metaverse and, and building it out? And is that on is that a topic of agenda where you're at? Totally. Right yeah, it's uh, it's an unbelievably huge topic. Uh, so uh, and one of the biggest issue is is uh, is obviously regulation, right? I mean, how do you kind of get any type of regulatory framework involved in um, in in the metaverse business models? And you know, you might have an exciting idea. But um, how do you prevent things like fraud and this and that and, uh, you know, sort of weird things just uh, just going on? And, the, and that's essentially what, uh, what a lot of the discussions were, were, were about. The others are, um, of course, what are the actual business models? I mean, you're going to sell property in, um, in, in, in the metaverse. How's that going to work? Who's got what right to whom? And, um, and on a practicality business, how are, th uh, you know, how are things going to work? And that's... Um, that's a discussion for us here as the crypto industry at um, at WEF, but it's definitely um, a huge interest also from uh, big business and um, leaders from the global economy. So what you're saying is big businesses are also looking into getting into the metaverse. Um, so I guess they have a different set of challenges than your than your retail uh, user of it. So what what would be what would make it successful in the long term? 
I mean, first of all, the the um, it's an interesting observation that I can just share with you uh, from uh, from walking around here. It's like you've got uh, blockchain, um, a whole variety of different places that have got blockchain related um, agendas, and you see as compared to a few years ago before the um, uh, you know before the uh, the pandemic, um, you see a whole variety of different people now attending those sessions that actually don't belong to the crypto industries was sort of insider and you were sort of hidden somewhere. Now, not just is it a mainstream, but a lot of people are coming in order to inform and inform themselves. And their, and their biggest question is um, how to integrate it. You know, how does the relationship look of blockchain business models in traditional uh, whatever financial services, whether that's banking or insurance or this or that or fund management, just like they all have the same the the same um, the same questions. The answer to that is simply unclear because I think um, many organizations have simply failed in um, coming up with the right type of business models, and it was too big. The project was too big; it's going to take years. And um, if we if we look into a two year horizon, so many new trends are going to come up. Different something different is going to emerge in six months. In you know, just like so. So to say we have to plan it for the, a year and then execute it for a year, this makes no sense. And that's why I think one of the solutions that I've observed here is to um, look to the traditional MVP model. Um, what are some short-term goals? What can be achieved and rather build from uh, either the success or failure and then, um, and then take it from there. Okay. So are you familiar with Simon Sinek's book, Starts with, Start With Why? Yes. Okay, so some companies have you know raging fan bases because because they make it all about the community, right? Mm -hmm. um, why should more companies who have traditionally looked at only providing a service or a product look more at you know publishing their why so they can build that community? And if they do that, will the metaverse be successful for them? I, I mean, you you touched on something that is so fundamentally critical to every. Uh, uh, a, a crypto project, which is this community aspect or the consensus model at large. So, if you um, if you take that into in, in, into consideration and you say, look, um, there's uh, this, uh, you know, you, if every project has got an identity, and they're following that identity. For instance, for us, right, our our identity is gaming. We want to make uh, we, we we want to make it even simpler for gaming projects a to monetize their um, their, their, their their audience. But also to create richer and even better gaming uh, ga gaming experiences, and I think I mean I don't want to criticize it directly, but I think uh, that linkage between that Y model is probably what 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 is missing in in the big business context because uh, who knows what a bank stands for? Certainly not freedom and um, uh, and and choice. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. So I want to shift to the gears a little bit, and I talked about you know I want to come to Switzerland in the winter so I can bring my boy skiing, right? Um, Listen, I'll but you come, I'll take you. <laughs> All right, yeah. I might take you up on that. Um, thank you. Uh, so Switzerland um, is looking to become you know the global leader in crypto, and mm -hmm. and. Uh, Based on what I see going on in the U.S. with regulatory agencies, um, it has a good shot, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Switzerland does. So what? how can Switzerland become that global leader? Um, and then, you know, in, in not only overall, but in like rabbit holes too, like DeFi, NFT, 
metaverse mm-hmm. gaming? Um, honestly, I think it's already here. I mean, it already is. It's the it's 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 the it's the funniest thing. It's one of the most hidden secrets. Uh, that, I mean, if you came to the if if you came to Tugna, I mean, to the Crypto Valley, and you see sort of just sort of where we are in the geographical area, you'll find everyone that matters in uh, in in crypto. I mean, the Ethereum Foundation is there. The um, uh, Tezos Valley. It, it, it is. It is a it, it is an incredible uh, ecosystem of very very high class, uh, well well run uh, projects. I mean, there was a report some months ago uh, that just looked at fifty of them. Thirteen of them have become unicorns within three years. It's um, it's 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 a it's a vibrant ecosystem that I can only advocate to 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 anybody with clear clear regulation. Uh, it's it's difficult. I mean, let's not, uh, you know, this is like let's not deny the fact that it takes uh, it takes insight and planning and resources and all of those type of things. But if you're willing to work in the in 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 in, in the framework, it's an incredibly rewarding environment. And what is that framework like? Yeah, the framework is essentially as follows. So, um, so you, if you want to create any type of um, blockchain, crypto, however you want to call it, um, a business model, it is um, simply required that the parties are known to one another, right? Because like, so, so the whole the, the, the whole element of, uh, you know, previous crypto that you um, that you oh no, it's all about um, it, it's all about freedom. It's all about expression, and all of that is only true to a certain to, to a certain degree. For us, for instance, as a regulated exchange, it means, of course, uh, KYC and um, uh, anti-money laundering, and all of those type of um, and all of those type of elements need to be um, need to be observed, and um, you must be willing to partner essentially with the uh, with with the regulator in. Um, in working on, on on the business model, as soon as the business model uh, is um, is is clear to the regulator within that framework, you can do whatever you want. Just like they don't want to, they they have got no say on any type of regulation. Uh, sorry, on any type of technology choices, on architecture choices, on chain choices, whatever the whatever the element um, might be that you might be uh, that you might be pursuing. Um, it's simply. Do we have clarity on the parties that are being involved in these um, in these transactions? And that's actually basically it. So as long as you play within the country's rules and regulations, you are good. It's precisely, but but and that but that um, gives you protection into the future, right? It's like the the regulator is clear to say. Um, we will not make different rules next year. There will be no change in our attitude uh, towards this. And I can say, for being there for four years, that's exactly what's happened. It's like there's uh, there's been uh, regulatory uh, clarity ever since. I think that's the way to go. I think there's a lot of uh, here in the U.S. There's a lot of wavering uh, vacillation on what the regulators say. So uh, that ends up stifling innovation. Um, Precisely. I mean, think about it. You can't you, you can't design a system uh, that is supposed to do a certain uh, a certain thing, and then uh, you build it, and next year you, you you can't do that anymore. I mean, it kills business. 
I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, my business was killed in 2018. So, but yeah. you know, um, I want to talk about you know the application and the application into areas where you don't may not know the KYC AML like uh, Africa, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, your LinkedIn profile says that you love Africa. Yes. Um, what is the crypto landscape there? And what is the growth potential of the industry in Africa? You see, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting one because the 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 application of crypto could be so meaningful. I mean, it's like let's think of simple examples. It's like so uh, Africa, for instance, has got a a, a migrant workforce uh, uh, for the most for the most part that means that um, uh, workers come from the rural areas they leave their family behind they go in the bigger cities and need to send money back and forth um, in order to feed their in order to feed their families a perfect application for crypto in principle uh, uh, particularly and then accelerated by the fact that um, that few of them only have got a bank account right so um, so it's a perfect application for crypto but the markets are so very specific that you almost need to go that there's no one model fits it all. So you can say, so we can't say Africa in its entirety. There's almost, uh, you know, 52 different um, scenarios for each of the uh, each of the countries that needs to be specifically worked on. So um, I think some of the some of the uh, participants in the crypto industry are now uh, tackling that. I see some interesting um, investments being made into that direction from the likes of an FTX and Binance and some of the uh, some of the larger ones um but um yeah i hope that uh, they were they were uh, they're very they they're complicated and are very resource intense uh, very resource intensive not necessarily even capital intensive but just you know human resource uh, intensive that need to be on the um, on, on the ground for us specifically in gaming i see um, an interesting opportunity because um, mobile phone penetration is reasonably high um, and, um, and 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 kids are looking for, for for ways to to earn and to to cash out um, to cash out afterwards and kids i mean 14 to 27 year olds the um, and and yeah we hope to participate very very deeply and strongly in that so one of the people I interviewed earlier in January, I believe, was an ambassador, uh, a UN ambassador to Africa. And we talked about community wallets, mm. right? Um, so you have one well, the community is very poor, but they have they share one wallet and they share one yes. platform. So yes. what is the opportunity for the gaming infrastructure to be built in where there's where there's village wallets? Oh, huge! You know, I mean, this is like literally. I mean, I could go on for hours about uh, about. I mean, think just about the opportunities. So, there's a poor community wherever in Africa. Let's choose something exotic like Ghana. You know, then this is like so. So uh, there's there's a there's a Ghanaian tribe sitting there that uh, of a hundred people that share one wallet, and they're all sort of com- um, working for a better outcome. Right, so people go and work. They put in the big city. They put money into this in, into this wallet. There's one use case. Now, what are the uh, the ones doing that are being sta- that are, that are staying behind? Then it's just like I mean, basically they could be using uh, elements of the metaverse, of Web three, of gaming, like we do, in order to earn 
um, a, a, a living. I mean, that's a perfect application for us, specifically with the with the uh, with the fiat on ramp and off ramp capabilities that we that we spoke about that we spoke about earlier. So, I mean, it, it's it's it, it's perfect. But what about regulation? And what about sort of the local um, re require requirements uh, in, uh, about that? And you've got very antiquated um, central banking systems in many um, in many regards with monetary policies that go back to the to the 70s or to the uh, to the 80s where only the reserve bank governor is allowed to issue currencies and a whole variety of antiquated uh, antiquated but maybe necessary views in order to uh, uh, create uh, economic uh, stability i mean it's like i can argue both cases um, but but i think it's a perfect example of uh, where we could play a ginormous role that's awesome um yeah, I'm concerned. My concern is ahead of the regulators there, you know, yeah. do AML KYC so that when it comes to you, everything's clear. Yeah. You know. Sure, but I mean, how how are you going to do the KYC if if maybe some of them don't even have an identification document? You know, this is like these are sort of the real life uh, uh, challenges that 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 of course uh, exist. It's easy for you and me to say, you know. Switzerland, uh, US, of course, we've got these, we, we, we've got the infrastructure, but I think there are, there, there are possibly some fundamental challenges. And at the same time, um, there, there could be a ginormous opportunity for just leapfrogging that by means of technology with community wallets, with metaverse, with uh, Web3 business, uh, business models, with global, with, with global application. But there's um, there are huge concerns for uh, just uh, stability and um, and economic prosperity uh, for, for 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 the local for the local regulator. I can also understand that. Yeah, makes sense. So, um, say the U.S. and say Europe drop the ball, right? Yes. Um, do you think you see Africa becoming the leading player in the crypto and blockchain globally and becoming yeah. industrial industrial? Absolutely, it's a, it's it's poised for it. It's it, there there are autonomous uh, technical um, hubs uh, that already exist that are being exploited by some of the largest technology companies in the world. Be that uh, Cape Town, South Africa, with some uh, ten thousand or so um, uh, AWS uh, employees um, uh, developing directly. Uh, for the uh, for the for the global offices, or in Kenya, of course, where there's a ginormous Google uh, office um, again as a as, as a development hub. So the technical skills uh, already exist, um, and the business mindset, uh, of course, too, because you know it's like if you if you got nothing, you're going to be a hustler, and you're going to use uh, all the technologies that you got uh, in 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 order to make a living. I agree. That comes back to what you said earlier a little bit. You said these seventeen-year-olds are just playing games and making millions a year. Yeah. You know, and you have a lot of people who are working full-time jobs, not not making anything near that. Yeah. Um, do you think the bad mouthing of the crypto um, is to preserve the, the the work situation instead of having everybody jet uh, off and and start playing games? You know, where do you, where, what do you think you the, see, and the impact? Yeah, I think you see. I think in 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 that inspect in, in in that instance, it's not even bad mouthing. It's 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 a um a misunderstanding 
I think the details are just maybe not known or um, there's, there's perhaps even not enough education in general in order to put these different um, uh, elements uh, together. But, um, you know, by and large, the, the, the opportunities um, are, are, are there and um, the negative undertone does not um, overwhelm the demand. It's simply demand and supply. It's like, I need money. I need to make a, I need to make a living. How am I going to do it? And if there's a global system that, um, that, that enables that, that's, of course, very appealing. Awesome. That makes sense, too. Great. Um, so um, I'd, I'd like to thank you very much for your time uh, today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Um, I enjoy talking. I enjoy talking about all this stuff, and I definitely want, like someday to be a fly on that wall in Davos. Um, <laughs> I, have <one> final, <laughs> I have one final question. Yes. Um, is, how can people find out more information about you, about Exchange Monster? How yes. can they get involved? How can they could be a client? How can they do any of that? Absolutely. Please visit exchangemonster.com, uh, register an account, um, try it out. We've got our wallet in both the Apple and in the Android store. Uh, and of course, uh, join our community on, um, on, on, on Telegram, uh, Exchange Monster Official. Um, we've got a Discord channel. We've got a whole variety of different things. If you go into any of our, you get a link tree and you can... Um, and, and, and you can and, and, and you can join us. Our Twitter is up to date. We are um, we 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 love engaging with our community and would like to invite you also personally to come and to visit us in um, in Zug in the in, in, in the Crypto Valley and uh, we'd we'd love to talk again. Awesome. Uh, I'm gonna take you up on that. <laughs> so please do. <laughs> thank you very much for your time today. All right. Have a good day. Thank you so much for having me.